Welcome to Direct Impact, where we discuss the various ways our mental health and quality of life intersect. I'm your host, Andrea Epstein, licensed professional counselor, master's addictions counselor, and certified sex therapist. Think of our time together as focused self-reflection mixed with insight, passion, and empowerment. Now, take a deep breath. Now let's dive in and see what impacts you today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Andrea Epteen with the Direct Impact Podcast coming to you through your earbuds today. Um, Thank you so much for being here. We are talking about um, team. We're talking about team in conjunction with community. Your team and your community can serve very similar purposes, and they can definitely fall in the same category when it comes to recovery. But today, we're just going to be talking a little bit more about team. We're going to be talking about preferences. We're going to be talking about past hurts and hangups and traumas that have been experienced when trying to reach out in the past. I just feel like that's so important because we need to take into consideration why we might experience a great deal of resistance when it comes to venturing out of our of our family, of our nuclear family, of our most, you know, trusted relationships and trying to get our needs met there. Yeah, it's scary stuff. Absolutely. And that's something that I really want to talk about today. It's not just how to build a team and what does a team look like? It's why might I not want to do that? You're probably asking yourself if you've tried this before, like, I'm noticing all of this resistance and where might that be coming from? For a lot of people, it comes from old, old wounds and hurts and traumas, you know, complex trauma from childhood, developmental trauma, limiting beliefs, negative core beliefs that says, if I put my trust in this person, I am not going to make it. You know, if I put my trust in this community, I'm going to be hurt again. I'm going to be abandoned, rejected, neglected. All of those feelings and those embodied emotions are very natural. And I just, I want to say that out loud so that you can accept yourself where you are and sit in that tension, sit in that resistance, surf those emotions and give yourself compassion, okay? Because you have been through so much on your journey, so much. We all have, we all have from birth until wherever you find yourself right now, you have been through a lot. And we want to honor that. We want to take that into consideration. We want to know that we're going to have some preferences when it comes to what type of team you build, what type of communities are healthy for you to engage in. We want to take all of that into careful consideration. But at the same time, you don't want to isolate yourself Okay. And you also don't want to resist certain things that could be very helpful and very healing, right? We don't want to resist those just based on your collective experience up to this point, because we can miss out on so much value and so much richness in life and all those relationships that we can establish and all the support we can receive just based on our past experiences. Remember, The way our brains work is we are just looking 
for meaning constantly. And we are looking for a way to prove that our past experiences are going to happen again. Okay. You know, if that is our lived experience, we're always protecting against that happening again. And so this is a biological and very natural type of resistance that you might be experiencing. And I want to take a moment to honor that. Okay. Just sit still and take a breath and honor your past experiences and where you sit right now and why you might struggle with regards to vulnerability. Okay. And honesty and putting yourself out there. A lot of my clients come to me, and this is some of the initial work that needs to be done before they can effectively engage in new relationships, you know, building a support team, joining new groups, going to A meetings. All of this foundational work is very important. And so for a lot of people, the first step is identifying a licensed therapist, you know, a mental health counselor, an addiction recovery specialist, a master's addictions counselor, who can help you, you know, work on the issues of trauma and trust, okay? And some of the betrayal that you have experienced earlier in life that might be coming up when you're trying to branch out, okay? And understanding why it's your tendency to isolate to wall yourself off, understanding and respecting that tendency in that part of you and what that part of you has been through. Yes, please engage with a professional to kind of work through some of this and identify timing. You know, when is the right time to dip your toe? How can you make sure that when you dip your toe, you have emotional boundaries in place that says, you know what, if this, if I don't feel If I don't feel well-received, I'm still going to be okay. (laughs) I'm still going to be safe, right? You know, because of past traumas, sometimes that's not the way you feel. If You know, and your perceptions can be, oh, this isn't for me. Somebody said something that was off-putting. You know, you immediately go into this place of, see, I was right. This isn't going to work because it didn't work last time, (laughs) right? Just know that that is common. And but be mindful that these things often come up. And I just really recommend that you work through it. That's why in a lot of recovery and AA meetings, they say, keep coming back. It works if you work it. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Right. Because there are a lot of things that we have to work through. And when you continue to come back and your perceptions start to shift and change and you start to identify that there is some safety and maybe eventually even some comfort in this community. It, it, it requires more than one attempt oftentimes. So yes, there's some truth to that. But if you're doing the work initially, there's also some truth in understanding your preferences, understanding your traumas. And there's certain types of groups, certain types of communities that are going to be so triggering, it won't be productive for you, right? Maybe ever, you know, so keep coming back might not be <laughs> effective, right? So do the groundwork, do the groundwork, be willing to do that and just honor yourself, honor your experiences, please, please, because we want you to come to a place, to find yourself in a place where you are willing to engage in the richness of new relationships and support communities and to have a team around you that is watching your back. All right. So 
that comes to the name of our episode today, which is who is watching your six. Okay. And so if you are a veteran, if you are active military, if you, you, you might be very familiar with, you know, the saying of who's watching your six, which means who's got your back, who's got your back. You know, we don't have eyes in the back of our head. So who is watching your back? Okay. This is so true in a recovery journey. And that's what a recovery community and a team does for you. They watch your six. They watch your back. They can see things coming at you from different areas and different places, from up high, you know, from down low. They have a different perspective. They have a different vantage point than you have. And there is so much value in that. It could literally save your ass. It could literally save your life. And that's why. Your team and the people that you allow into your life, you know, to meet those specific needs, you know, to come alongside of you, knowing that you can't do this on your own. None of us can. None of us can do this recovery thing, no matter what you're recovering from, on our own. It's impossible. Oh gosh, what a great episode if we could just come to a place of acceptance in that. I can't do this alone. Great. No one can. Just accepting that and admitting that is such a tremendous victory because it means that you have found a place of humility, okay? You've humbled yourself. You have noticed that you have needs. You're coming to a place of willingness to allow other people to meet those needs, right? We can't meet all of our needs. We can meet a lot of them. We really can, which is great. We want to be self-sufficient, right? To some degree, in some areas, in some ways, right? But we cannot do it all in all areas. And when it comes to recovery, we need someone watching our six. We need someone making sure that we are protected because they can see things coming at us that we cannot see. They're noticing things in you that you cannot notice in yourself, okay? And sometimes we call this just doing the shadow work, You know, identifying the parts of yourself, if you want to call them character defects, defense mechanisms, the things that used to protect you and insulate you are now setting you up for failure and recovery. Your support team can help point those out, right? They can point those out in a truthful way. You know, I always say in truth and love, okay? They don't want anything from you. They're there to support you, but you know, that comes with, honesty and that comes with candor. So in truth and love, they will share what they are seeing going on inside of you, the things that you might be in denial about, the things that you might be rationalizing, the things that you might be avoiding, the things that you might be minimizing, the excuses that they hear you making, right? That is huge. That is what happens when you allow someone to watch your six. Okay. Well, I don't know about you, But yeah, vulnerability is a scary thing. Yes, it's scary to open up. It's scary to be honest. It's scary to be ourselves and to be real and to know that, you know, if somebody is going to reject that, then, you know, shame on them, not on you, right? Okay. So yes, vulnerability is scary, but to me, it's not near as scary as having my back in my life vulnerable, you know, to, to death, to attack, 
to all of the things that can happen in this world when we don't open ourselves up in a very vulnerable way to our needs and to others meeting those needs. Okay, like that scares the crap out of me. That scares me so much more than telling people when I'm hurting, telling people when I'm sad, telling people when I have made a horrible mistake, telling people, you know, what what my story is, what's happened to me, what I've come out of. Like, yes, you know, that's uncomfortable, but not near as uncomfortable as somebody getting me from behind, which is usually like myself sneaking up on me, you know, but if I have you know, a support community and an unbiased team around me, my gosh, there's so much protection going on. You know, I need my team. I need my higher power. I need my God, my good orderly direction to protect me and watch my back. That's where my prayer time comes in. You know, (laughs) I need that, but I also need people, boots on the ground. Okay. I need people. And that's what a community provides. Listen up, Direct Impact Nation. You know how important routine, structure, consistency, and accountability is on the road to recovery and personal discovery. Well, I have developed the perfect companion for you on your journey. My plan to recover journal is thoughtfully and specifically designed for the person looking to achieve long-term success in recovery while gaining personal insight, awareness, emotional intelligence, and spiritual integrity. The Plan to Recover Journal will help you stay recovery-minded, practice your priorities, and build a healthy relationship with self and others 12 hours at a time. To preview and pre-order your copy today, visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash journal. That's www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash journal. And don't forget to get a PTR journal for a friend on their journey too. Direct Impact Nation will save 15% when you use the promo code IMPACT. That's promo code I-M-P-A-C-T. With the purchase of your PTR journal, you will become part of an exclusive community dedicated to recovery and self-discovery. Visit www.lightninginabottle.biz and let us take you from want to to willing and from willing to healing. So I wrote a little bit in in my book that's going to be coming out, and it's with regards to, you know, you will only go as far as your team takes you. It's kind of how I, I title it, and I start it with, you can only go as far as your team will take you. That's true in life as it is in business, as it is in sports, as it is like, yeah, this is a team sport, this life thing, okay? It's designed that way. It's a team sport. All right, we're not supposed to go at it alone. Like I've mentioned before, you don't want to be a lone wolf. Lone wolves die, right? They they need the pack. You know, if you're alone, you're going to die. So you will only go as far as your team takes you. And then I just, I write a little bit and I'll just read it to you now. Um, I say, I will reinforce the importance of support systems and effective utilization of team on the road to recovery. Building the team that is right for you is super important. For many on this journey, vital team members will include a therapist, a sponsor, accountability partner, process or task group, recovery meetings, podcasts like the Direct Impact Podcast, a psychiatrist, a dietitian, coach, trainer, 
a course, a mastermind, you know, your plan to recover team, right? Your community. So it might include a lot of these. And then I say, I can't stress the importance of advocating for your preferences and recovery needs in this process. Make sure to clearly and effectively communicate and sometimes reiterate on multiple occasions your objectives and be willing to cut bait and try again if any of your established team members are not offering you the structure, consistency, accountability, and unbiased feedback needed to aid and support you on your journey. There is such value and transformation in admitting that help is essential. Enlisting the assistance of qualified and unbiased parties and regularly learning and leaning on your team for support and guidance. An effective recovery team will allow you to get out of the I, get out of the me, get out of the mine mindset, and move into a place of abundance and a more than enough for all reality. And that's just a little bit about what I wrote, but I really, I know that we've talked about community being key. Your team is essential. And I know I've mentioned it before, I'll mention it again. We have to be very selective and in the team. And we also need to be very careful in how we utilize family members and close friends, people who need us, and I'm doing air quotes, need us to be well and functioning. You know, we actually had somebody, you know, write in, you know, we had some people write in a few questions and I just want to take an opportunity to speak to them. One of the things I'm reading here is resistance in continuing to want to use a spouse, family, friends as accountability. Why and what can you do? You know, so this person is basically saying they're having a reluctance to reach past, to go beyond the relationships that are already established in their life. And so I just want to speak to that and start by saying, hey, give yourself grace honor where you are, where you find yourself. That resistance is there for a reason. It's scary to move beyond your safety zone. We, as humans, we kind of, you know, gosh, the unknown is a very scary thing. You know, we want to continue to do what is familiar, even if it's painful and destructive and life damaging, right? Hey, that's addiction, right? So just honor that resistance, sit in that resistance and be willing to release your family members from that type of role. Okay. It is an unhealthy role to ask them to play and it will cause more dysfunction in your family system than it will help your recovery. Okay. So I'm just asking for you to be very mindful not to use your spouse Okay, as uh, your accountability partner, oh my gosh, please do not have your spouse police you or hold you accountable in any way. That is not their role. Their role is to support you and love you as only a spouse can. They are not a sponsor. Okay, (laughs) they're not an accountability partner. They're not a group member. They're not your therapist. Okay, that is, they're not your coach. They're not your cheerleader. They don't have to be any of those things because honestly, depending on what type of recovery journey you're on, they have endured so much hurt and so much pain and so much trauma as a result of your addiction. And then you're asking them to police you. That That's just a very unhealthy, triggering 
and destructive destructive dynamic. So please do not put that on your spouse. That's another reason that I encourage you to reach beyond into a community that has gone before you, who can support you in a way that only they can. And a spouse shouldn't be asked to do that. Same thing with parents, okay? Codependency is something that family members are going to experience if they have been in a dysfunctional or addicted family system. And because of that, codependent, someone struggling with codependent tendencies should not be put in a position of holding you accountable or being in charge of your, you know, comings and goings and whereabouts and, you know, activities and all of that. You know, that's not fair to them. You know, hopefully they're starting their own recovery journey where they can let go. They can detach from that type of control with love. Okay. And it's very triggering for them when you put them in that position and you ask that of them. So yes, not the spouse, not the parents, definitely not your children, not the family, not close friends who need you well. But yes, there are definitely some friendships, especially the new friendships that you might build um, in your recovery and self-discovery process. Yes, you can lean on them in certain ways. And yes, you can ask for certain needs to be met by your family. You know, if you need a ride somewhere, if you need, um, you know, certain types of things that might be healthy and they might be willing to support, you can ask to have certain needs met, but it can't be your recovery needs, right? Um, And honestly, any need like that that you can meet for yourself, you need to be trying to meet for yourself. If there's another way, try that first, you know? The whole family needs an opportunity to heal, okay? And, you know, they don't need to be focused on your recovery because that's 100% yours. That's your process. So that's a little bit of the feedback that I would offer to the person writing in. The other thing is, oh my gosh, I get this and I hear it all the time from many, many, many clients. And I have a lot of clients who've been in an A meeting or part of an A programming, AA or NA or OA or whatever for you know decades. And they have come to depend on it. They have come to lean on it. They've come to value it. But their experiences in the beginning, my goodness, it was so hard. It was so challenging. It was so scary. They, you know, started and stopped many, many times. And I talked to clients who have been very resistant to set foot in another, you know, AA or NA or A program because of previous experiences. I get that. Just like I I talk to people who've experienced church hurt spiritual, you know, trauma. It's the same thing with people who've had earlier life experiences with certain programs and meetings, and they might have been injured. They might have, you know, received hurt as a result. They might have endured trauma as a result. And so, yes, I get that. I understand that. I hear you. I hear you. And it could be that maybe you've never had a personal experience, but it's a family member that you know 
who's been involved in the program for a long time. And because of your dislike for that person, you have a certain opinion about programs or about therapy or about groups or about anything. Like a lot of times our perceptions are coming from not just personal experience, but the experience of others. And I just, I want to encourage you to sit in that, to give yourself compassion and to know that this journey is your journey. It's not about what somebody else experienced. It's not even about what you initially experienced. It's about what you need and trying to get those needs met. You know, like I said before, it's not always a keep coming back to this one. <laughs> yes, keep coming back. But you don't have to, you know, settle on something that is uncomfortable for you. This is about open-mindedness. This is about willingness. This is about desire. This is about you saying that you are more important than anything else and that you are going to get your needs met and you're going to have a healthy team, a healthy support system, a healthy, vital, and vibrant recovery community. And you're not going to stop until you find that for yourself. But it takes a lot of just understanding who you are, your likes, your dislikes, your preferences, and putting all of those into constant practice. But just the act of trying, just the act of getting dressed, taking that shower, getting in the car, going to that meeting, whether it was a good meeting or not, hey, you did something for you. And to me, that's what it's about, is doing something for you. So, you know, in that sense, keep coming back. You know, I'll just wrap up by saying again, we need someone to watch our back and not just one person. We usually need a team of people watching our back, uh, making sure that we're not going down a path. And because of our defenses, we don't even see where we're headed. And so you deserve that support. Okay. Everybody out there in the Direct Impact Nation, you deserve that type of support. You deserve a place where you can go and practice vulnerability. You deserve people to be vulnerable with, honest with, open with. This is about you. It's not about how you're received. It's about how you show up. Okay. And I know that you can build healthy, healthy boundaries, the type of boundaries that say, you know, I can put myself in uncomfortable situations because I still, at the end of the day, I know who I am and I know my intentions and I know my motivations and I showed up because my recovery is important and that's what it's about. So again, please, please, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone else. Share it, like it, love it, review it, write in, go to our website and send us an email and just tell us how you're feeling about the episodes, uh, what you want to know more about. Ask us your questions. We're, we're here to engage with our community. So again, thanks so much. And we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Does anyone else feel like they just earned an extra brain wrinkle? Do you feel like that went by way too fast and just cannot wait till the next episode? Then leave a review and share this episode with a friend, a loved one, a coworker, or whomever, because your valued feedback makes a direct impact. Thank you for dropping in. 
snaps to you because you have made a direct impact by listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media and stay tuned every week for a new episode of Direct Impact with Andrea Epstein.